Good evening. Great to see everyone in the house of the Lord tonight. We're going to start out Sunday evening like we normally do with our prayer request. The first one here, let's remember Denny Henry uh, recovering from back surgery. This is Barry Henry's brother, so let's be keeping him in prayer. And then this was one from Randy Ham. He said, please, let's pray for the people that got hurt last night, that they'll be able to recover. So we are thankful that he's praying for those ones as well. And I know there was a lot going on last night. And uh, so we praise the Lord for safety for a lot of people and things like that. We're going to open up and go to the Lord in a word of prayer this evening. Ask God to meet with us. I'm going to ask Rick Tallman if he would. Just stand right where you are, Rick. Open us up in a word of prayer this evening. that you have a bulletin, all right? Make sure that you get it and you've got all the announcements that are in it. One of the biggest ones you need to remember this week is Good Friday. We have a service, and so don't forget about that. I forgot to mention it as well, but we have the singing on April the 16th with the Phillips family, and then on the 30th, we have a singing with the Lure family, and so we want to remember those two dates, April the 30th as well. And uh, so we're looking forward to those two times as well. But make sure you got a bulletin. Make sure you have all of that. All right. At this time, we'll have our ushers come for our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. We want to praise the Lord uh, that we can take those this evening. And again, don't forget, on Sunday, we'll have a Good Friday service. Then we'll have Sunday school, Sunday morning, but no evening service on Easter Sunday. So remember that as well. Jason, would you ask the blessing on this offering? The opportunity to be in your house. Lord, we just thank you again for this place that you've given to us and thank you for this people. We pray that now as we take up the offering, Lord, that it would be used to uplift your kingdom as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Page 363. 363. Everybody stand.
shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. All right, choir, come on up. He will never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. the bright and morning. 
used to be so hard just to lift up my hands. Real liberty was something I just didn't understand. I was bound by circumstances only God knew about. But I left them at the altar. Now I can say without a doubt, I'm free to worship, free to lift up my hands and praise the Lord. After all he's done for me, I've got so much to praise him for. All the chains that had me bound will never hold me anymore. I'm free to worship, free to worship the There are so many things that I've been through in my life, and you don't know the many times that God has touched my mind. All the things that used to bind me now are laying at my feet. So if you don't want to praise Him, then this afternoon on the Easter program and what we're going to do. And uh, we've been really intentional this year about picking songs that uh, speak of the scriptures, uh, that are hymns, that uh, like this one that they're going to sing, uh, that really point our focus to Christ. Uh, we don't have as much acting in it this year, but that was uh, on purpose. It was in an effort, hopefully we pray, so that you will listen to these songs, you'll hear the words of them, you'll hear the scripture that we read, and you will honestly and genuinely focus on what Christ has done for us. That you will contemplate what the Savior uh, has gone through that he might bring us salvation. And this song was really on my heart to be a part of it right from the very beginning. And uh, it also just goes along well with the message that we'll have for tonight. And so I wanted them to sing this this evening. And it'll be a little bit of, a, uh, you know, a, uh, what do you call it? Preview, thank you, of uh, Easter for you. So hopefully you'll get excited. But you listen as they sing, When I Survey. 
Excited for the Easter program this year, what the Lord has for us. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles this evening to John chapter 12. So this morning, when the pastor got up and he read his scripture and he started to do his introduction, I leaned over to Andrea and I said, he's about to take my message. And I'd already preached it to Andrea this week, so she knew it. And she don't like that, but she knew it. But he didn't quite go there. But I will tell you, Barry, we had the same introduction. So we don't have to preach an introduction tonight. So that's a plus, right? But I am not even kidding. I looked at Andrea this week, and I said, why do we avoid Holy Week? Like, why do we not? I did. I was like, why is it that these things that we see that are taught to us, why is it that we don't talk about them, that we don't look at them? And our pastor this morning did a great job of bringing to us of Palm Sunday, the first day uh, of Holy Week, but I'm going to preach the rest of them. Amen? And uh, we're thankful for that. And I believe it is so important for us to find these things that draw our, our attention and our concentration to the cross of Calvary and to the things that are going, and make, make much of them. To, to go to those things and say, these things are pointing us towards Christ. They are good things. Now, I understand there's traditions, and there's going to be things that you're going to need to throw out, that they're going to be no, of no value to you. But there's going to be other things that, 
And again, we, we talk about them. And like I said, I don't have to go through the introduction this morning because the pastor preached it. So I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit or the algorithms, but one of us had them thinking the same things because we were not with each other this whole week. So it wasn't that. But anyway, that's where we're going to start. So John chapter 12, we're going to start reading in verse number 12. Uh, as we did this morning, stand with me if you would. We'll read those and then we'll discuss these different days and a little bit about how they will fall to us. And we're going to, I'm not going to bounce you around a bunch of scriptures. I'm just going to give those scriptures to you so you can go and read them later. Uh, but it's really not too hard to do, especially if you take the week uh, and go through them in that, in that light. So John chapter 12, verse number 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, the king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was uh, with him, when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for they had heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the just the wonderful time that we have already had today in your word in praising you. We pray that as we take a few moments, dear God, to, to turn our attention towards Jesus Christ, and towards the cross that he is going to bear, and towards the resurrection that he will achieve. Dear God, I pray that we will not lose the wonder, that we will stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene, and wonder how in the world he could love us. But yet he does. That once again we'd stand at the foot of the cross and say, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, I will proclaim all of my riches. Everything that I thought was a gain in this life is nothing compared to what he has done for me. Let our focus, if ever, this week be driven towards Christ, his cross, and his resurrection. And so this evening, as we take a few moments, that we might say, how can we do that this week? We pray that we, your word would settle down in our heart and we'd be hungry each day to find some time to get alone with you and think about what you did that week leading up to your crucifixion and resurrection. And we would find joy just meditating on who you are because of each day that you spend. We love you, God. We love your word. We are so thankful for it. In Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I think that it's absolutely amazing when you look at the different books of the Bible, the different gospels, excuse me, especially the reason I decided to read out of the book of John this evening. John has 21 chapters. And in verse number 12, or in chapter number 12, excuse me, halfway through it, we get to Holy Week. Think about that. Almost half of the book of John is the last week of Jesus' life. How important is it then that we make this our focus, that we look at it and say, what are you doing? As our pastor mentioned to us this morning, isn't it amazing that we also have the triumphal entry of Palm Sunday recorded for us in every single gospel. 
We see this marking this week, marking this time that the King of Kings is coming into town. He's coming in a unique way. He's coming quietly. He's coming humbly. But it is without a doubt, as our pastor again preached this morning, a foreshadowing of the fact that the King is coming. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter how they mock him. It doesn't matter what they put on his head. It doesn't matter what superscription they write above his cross. It doesn't matter. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day, every knee, every knee of every man, of every woman, and of every person that ever walked the planet, that knee will bow to Jesus Christ. He will rise the dead and the alive will come as well and every person will stand before God and declare that he is king of kings to the glory of God the Father. And so we see this foreshadowing. I'm not going to preach this again, but we saw this already. There are so many things. This is why this is important for me to bring this to you, that we, that we look at it this morning. When you come to the book of Matthew in chapter number 21, if you were to continue to read, and I almost uh, encourage you to do this. We have four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I know that you're aware of those. These record the life of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 21, and go on from there, you're going to see the last week of Jesus' life. In Mark chapter number 11, and moving on from there, you're going to see Holy Week. In Luke chapter 19, and moving on from there, you're going to find Holy Week. And in John chapter number 12, and moving on from there. And so one day this week, I would encourage you to take one of those Gospels during the week and read from there on and see what was Christ doing, where was Christ going. We're going to put those down for us today, uh, and we're going to look at a little bit of those things. First, we saw Palm Sunday. We read about it. It's recorded in all of the Gospels for us, and I encourage you to look at those. Secondly, though, I want you to go in your Bible. Well, you don't have to turn there, but I want you to note that in Matthew chapter 21, actually, I do want you to turn there because I wanted to read these. In Matthew chapter number 21, I want you to turn. I wanted to read these specifically, and I want you to go to Matthew 21 and to verse number 12 in that chapter as well. Matthew 21 and verse number 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things which he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and lodged there. Then the Bible says in verse number 18, now in the morning, and that's the parable of the fig tree, that he was hungered and he cursed the fig tree. Now you got to go through these different ones and read them, and this is why I want to encourage you. But on Holy Monday, that's what they call it, Holy Monday, we see that Jesus Christ first starts out where he goes into the temple and cleanses the temple. Boy, I think that's important for us to start Holy Week by doing some cleansing of our temple. I think it's a good time for us to come and stop and say, hey, maybe there's some things that have gotten in to the temple that need some cleaning up. You see, I've preached this message before. I don't want to preach it again, but I want to remind you of it. The temple is the place where God is supposed to meet with man, right? 
This is what the holy temple is for. We have the holy of holies. We have all of the things that they would do ritualistically so that they could make the sacrifices and so that God could meet with man and that man could meet with God. It was a place where the two could have communion and it was the place where atonement was made. So many pictures being broadcast, so many things that are foreshadowing what Jesus Christ will do. But here's what we do know, that when God sets up a system for us to meet with Him, I want you to listen to this, and this is important, it doesn't take long for man to mess up that system. That's what religion's called, in case you were wondering. When God sets up a system, as a matter of fact, we see this already, that God said to the children of Israel, hey Moses, come up here with me and I'm going to put down on tables of stone how you're going to worship me and how you're going to approach me. And as soon as Moses comes down, he hasn't even given them the information yet. They're worshiping all kinds of idols. And then we see throughout the Old Testament that God has given them temple the temple or the tabernacle, excuse me, how to worship, how to come to God. And over and over, we've already been talking about this in the prophets, God says, your sacrifices stink in my nostrils because your heart is so far away from me. Doesn't he? He keeps saying that. Because we, as people, we just have this ability to whatever God puts together so that we would come and worship, we make, it, we make it about all the wrong things, don't we? That's exactly what had happened in the temple. As a matter of fact, it had gone to the extremes in the temple that the problem wasn't that they were buying and selling these doves. The problem was they were cheating people in God's house. The problem was it wasn't that it was just there for it. It was that it was all about that business. And not only that, they were cheating in God's house. And this place had become a den of thieves, as he said. And we see that in our own hearts, the place that God wants us to worship, the place where, and I'm talking about our temple, not this place that we come and worship. I'm talking about our own temple that God now has ordained. I don't have to go to a tabernacle or to a temple. I don't have to go through the different courtyards to find my way to the Holy of Holies to worship God and to be in the presence of God. God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, has made us all priests, amen, to God. And now we can worship in our homes, in our cars, anywhere that God sees fit. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. We are the temple of the Holy God. But our temples get dirty, don't they? And our temples get all messed up from this world. And our temples get all messed up from our own hearts and minds. And we need to come and let them be cleansed. And I think Holy Week is an amazing time to start and say, God, what's in there that should not be in there? Jesus Christ, what, what do I need to remove from my life this week so that I could focus on you? Hmm. What's clouding your vision? What's causing you to not be able to survey the wondrous cross? This is a silly illustration, but I'll use it a little bit here. This last night was crazy at our house. I told, I texted my wife. She was not at home. She was away. And I was like, I think we just had a tornado come through here. It was like crazy. And trees went down everywhere. And, uh, and, and all this was going on. And uh, it was just, it was crazy. And we didn't have power all night long. And when we came to church this morning, I was having a hard time focused. You ever been there? You know what I mean? I got here and I was here. My mind was here. My body was here. But I'm just... I'm thinking about the big trees we got to cut up. And I'm thinking about when's the electric going to come back on. And I'm thinking about, you know, a million different things, right? And you've been there, right? I'm just, let's be real. But it was good. I think it was like the second song the choir started to sing. I saw some hands 
I saw some things going on. I saw the Lord moving, and the Holy Spirit really blessed my heart this morning. And then the preacher got up to preach on what I was excited about, and I was like, man, now we're really in for something, amen? Boy, he preached on the King of Kings, and boy, it moved my heart. And then we had communion, and it did my heart good this morning. To just get out the things, right? Quit focusing on them. What is it in your life that's distracting you from worshiping? We need to remove it this week. We need to let Jesus come in and turn your tables over. Amen? And throw them right out the door. We don't want him to, do we? Right? We love that stuff. But this week of all weeks, maybe it's a good time, right? To just say, Lord, go ahead. You can have it. Help me focus on who you are. And there's so much content that goes through here. Typically, we also see that this is the time when people teach that Jesus cursed the fig tree. I've preached on the fig tree. The tree with leaves but no fruit. I'm not even going to go there. You already got it, don't you? Are you a tree that has leaves but no fruit? Jesus cursed that fig tree. Jesus went to it because he was hungry. Jesus had created the fig tree, amen? He is God the Father. The fig tree, when it had leaves on it, should have had fruit. But it did not. The fruit is what glorifies him. The fruit is what brings him honor. The fruit is what satisfies Jesus Christ. Did you know that? He is satisfied when you bear fruit. It is what he is hungering for when you bear fruit. Did you know that's what he wants out of your life? We say, why would Jesus ever want me? It's amazing. What he wants is for you to just bear fruit and bring him glory. That's what he wants. And when he comes to your tree looking for some fruit that might glorify him, does he find anything? Oh, this week, let's be fruitful in the kingdom of heaven. Let's start it out and ask ourselves, man, am I real? Is this real? Does this re- I got to move on. I spent way too long on those. Holy Monday. Holy Tuesday. You can find this in Matthew 21 through 23. You can keep reading if we did right where it was. You can find it in Mark 11, verses 20. Luke 20, verse number 1. John 12, going through verse number 20. It is on this day that Jesus goes out into the Mount of Olives and begins to teach. All of this time, he's making his travels between Bethany to the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and he's, he's there, and he's being ministered to by them, but he's also going back into the city, and he's going back and forth. But at this point, he teaches on the Mount of Olives, and you need to go through those different Gospels and look at them together because he's teaching, but he's also being tested by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They bring all of these different things. It's a whole message in of itself for Tuesday to where the four tests that the Pharisees would bring to him. And we don't have time to preach those this evening. But here's what we do know as we see this being brought to light and as Jesus is teaching about himself and especially as we go through the book of John that Jesus Christ to his disciples is revealing exactly who he is. And these are the words that when he is resurrected, that they are going to remember. When he says, I am the vine, I'm the true vine, and if you're in me. When he starts praying for them in John chapter 17, oh, I'm telling you, these are powerful words as Jesus teaches about who he is and what he is. And he says, you can know him. And we can know the truth. On Holy Wednesday, this is an interesting one, we do not really have anything from the Word of God. It's believed traditionally that he went back to Mary and Martha's house and rested. It's also known as Spy Wednesday because it is believed on that day that Judas 
betrayed Jesus Christ. But we have no scriptures that speak of it, and so that's all we're going to say too. Amen? We're going to move right along. And then we have what they call Monday, Thursday. It is Passover and the Last Supper. You can find this in Matthew 26, 17 through 50. You can find it in Mark chapter 14, 12 through 72. You can find it in John chapter 13, verses 1 through 38. We see them preparing for the Passover, and we see the Last Sunday, or the Last Supper. That strange word that we use to describe it is a word that simply means he washed his disciples' feet. That is the emphasis that we draw from most of the teaching on that day. I don't know if you have ever sat and pondered the fact that Jesus Christ got up when the supper was over. And that he girded himself like a servant would. And went to his disciples and washed their feet. I don't know if you've thought much about that. I think about it often. I think about how unworthy we are of anything like that to happen. I think about what would I do if I was in that room. Peter, you remember Peter said, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. I feel like I would have kind of been like Peter. And then the Lord said, if I don't do this, you have nothing to do with me. And Peter said, then wash me all over. Don't you love Peter, right? I know he's got a lot of craziness about him. But boy, he is full of life to serve the master, isn't he? And I know he's going to fail. We do too, don't we? But I know on the day of Pentecost, he's going to stand up with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and proclaim Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Amen. But he comes and washes their feet. Jesus' motivation to minister to us it knew no limits. When Jesus said, I came not to be ministered, but to minister unto you, he was not joking. He wasn't just talking about, think about this, he wasn't just talking about the cross of Calvary where he was going to go and die for our sins and pay the price for that. Yes, he was going to rise from the dead. He wasn't just talking about some metaphor. He wasn't just talking about some idea. He was saying, I am going to serve you. And then he literally... See, we believe these things. This is going to be important in our, Christmas, in our Easter program. We believe that he literally did these things. He bodily rose from the grave. He got up. Wasn't an act. He was dead. And he rose from the grave. And Jesus Christ got up. From supper and put a towel around his waist and got down on his feet, hands and knees, and washed his disciples' feet. He served us. What an example we have of the Master. I know that we all want to serve in grand ways. But what an example that we have of the master that he would serve in the great ways but also in the small ways too. How crazy is that, that that wasn't beneath him? I don't even know how to put that stuff into words. There shouldn't be anything that Christ asks us to do that we should balk at for one moment. Do you see where? I hope you're getting where that's going. Because there's lots of people that are in need and we might view as beneath us. They are not. 
Will we serve them? Will we minister to them? Also, let me ask you this. Will we surrender to his service? This is an interesting one to me. Peter, again, I go back, I already mentioned it, said, Lord, no. No, you can't do this. You're Jesus Christ. You're the son of the living God. I've already confessed to that. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hadn't shown this, but the Holy Spirit. He's like, I know who you are. You're not going to do this. This isn't going to be. But he says, Peter, I have to. I wonder how often we will not surrender to the service that God wants to render upon us. No, I can do this. No, I'm going to do it my own way. No, I've got this. Everything's okay. When Jesus says, no, you don't have this, you have no idea what you're dealing with. And will you just trust me for a moment and do what I'm asking you to do and surrender to the service I want to render to you? Gentlemen, he says to them, you're not going to understand what I'm going to do. But will you let me be your sacrifice? Huh. I wonder, are we willing to surrender to the service that Jesus Christ would do for us? Hey, no one else can do for us what Jesus Christ has done. You can't work out your own salvation. You can't work out the problems in your life. Did you get that? This morning as we were singing the different songs, several of them were pointing us to the fact that Jesus is everything that I need and Jesus is all in all and, uh, and, and different ideas of that, of Jesus just being everything and all I need is Jesus. I think we sang that one, right? Did you sing that? Yeah. All I need is Jesus. And there's times in my life where I go, is that simplistic view of life really, is, is that really good? And then I start to remember things like this. That yeah, it really is all that I need. And I'm the one that fights it all the time. Jesus is like, I've got a way to make that better in your life. And I'm like, no, it can't be that easy. Right? I've got a way for you, you know, to, uh, to get along with, with your employees or with your family or with your friends. I've got a way, and I know it doesn't seemeth right unto a man. That's what the Word of God says. But if you'll just trust me and surrender to this, it's pretty big. It does amazing stuff. And instead of starting with Jesus, I have to go through every other plan to get to Jesus. And then I'm like, yeah, all I needed was Jesus. All I needed was the word of God to guide me through that situation. But I would not come to it. I would not come to it. Well, I surrender to those. That's Thursday. And then we have Good Friday. I encourage you for Good Friday. You, you know the scriptures. You know where they are. I encourage you to look at the seven sayings of Christ on the cross. They begin with, Father, forgive them. And they end with, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I almost encourage you, if you could, to memorize them. And that day, make that your thought. Think of Christ suffering. I know that you probably don't want to think of that, but I do believe it's good for us to survey the wondrous cross and to think of the sufferings that he has displayed for us to consider the acts of violence that was done against him and to think of the fact that yes indeed he did it for us I have preached many times on Easter about being careful not to make it about us and that Jesus Christ and you've probably heard me preach it about he died for God to justify God. I believe that with all of my heart. Romans chapter number 3. That God had overlooked the sin. And Jesus Christ died to justify God. I believe that with all of my heart. But we have a God that's big enough. 
And we have a Christ that's big enough that he can think of each one of us simultaneously for as long as he wants. I've shared the illustration a million times, but I love it nonetheless. C.S. Lewis said that like any good author, that, Jesus, that God the Father can stop at any point that he writes the book, sit down next to the fire, and contemplate on one character for as long as he wants, and then come back to the writing of the book again. He said, so is God our Father with us, that at any time he can put the book down, put the novel down that he's writing, and meditate on you for as long as he wants. And then he can step back into time and resume writing the book. Oh, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. He loved me while he was on the cross. He knew me because he's the good shepherd. And he knows all his sheep. And he knows them by name. You know why that's so important that he anoints his head, their head with oil? That he would bring each sheep up and hold them in his arms and anoint them with that oil so that they would have what they would need. Isn't it amazing that the God of heaven takes that kind of time with each and every one of us with a great desire? I have desired to eat this communion, this supper with you. Because I know who you are. I know what you've been through. I know where you're going. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Isn't it amazing? Then we have Holy Saturday. We have them come in John chapter 19. There's other passages as well. But they prepare his body for the tomb. The quiet is almost monumental. As Jesus lays dead in the tomb. Isn't it amazing that when all hope seems lost, that Jesus Christ, that we're just one day away from a miracle beyond all miracles. On Holy Saturday, as he lies in the tomb, and the, the enemy thinks they've won. Hey, do you, you think the enemy whispers in your ear sometimes? It's no use. It's all over. There's no victory here. Sunday's coming, amen? We know the rest of the story. We know that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. We have a lot to ponder this week, don't we? Each day is special as God prepares us. I guarantee you, listen, I guarantee you, you spend the week with these verses and focusing on these things, you come in on Sunday morning, we can just say resurrection and you'll start running laps, amen? We'll just say he's alive and there'll be shouts of hallelujah all over the place. We just have to open up the word of God and read very early of the first day. They came to the tomb. Remember that? And the angel said, why do you seek the, live, the dead among the living? Or while the living among the dead. Let me get it right. Amen. He's not here. For he is risen. Just as he said. Hey, we can have church next Sunday. Amen. Because we serve a risen Savior. Let's prepare our hearts this week to worship and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, Daryl, come get us a song.
let's prepare our hearts this week. That's the message in a nutshell. You don't have to take all my notes home and look at each one. What's really burdening me is that we would just prepare our hearts to worship next week. I think it'll do you good if you look at Holy Week. You don't have to. Just prepare your heart. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. Dear God, maybe we need to come and get around an altar this evening and just dedicate this week to say, Lord, help me. Do in my heart this week what you need to do. Prepare me for worship next week. Let us be ready to lift up the mighty name of Jesus and sing his praises so that a lost and dying world might know that he saves and that he changes. In your holy name we pray. Amen. As we stand, page 71. Page 71. When I the sunrise in the morning when I Oh!